Last week, actress Evan Rachel Wood publicly identified musician Mara Hansen as her abuser. Wood had testified in front of the House Judiciary Committee, Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security in 2018 in support of the Sexual Survivors Rights Act, which was signed into law by President Obama in 2016. Wood described horrific physical violence and verbal abuse at the hands of Manson. Since naming Manson as her abuser, nine other women have come forward with similar allegations against Marilyn Manson. To discuss this is friend to the show and one of my favorite guests, William Ramsey, author, lawyer, and host of the podcast, William Ramsey Investigates. Welcome, William Ramsey. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you again, Roberta. Yeah, I'm so happy we can talk about this. I mean, were you ready for for how dark this, this story is? No, I'm I'm actually very surprised how bad it is and how it never really came out until, you know, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And um I, I was just saying, we were just saying before we started recording, it really makes Johnny Depp, who's friends with Marilyn Manson, look good. Yeah, and we did that. That was our last show, right? Was was the defamation case in the UK between uh Depp and uh, whatever his ex-wife's name was. Yeah. So pretty surprising and uh like we were talking in the pre-show they, these two know each other pretty well so uh definitely birds of a feather and when evan rachel wood testified um she didn't name marilyn manson but she talked about him tying her up by her hands and feet until he felt i had proved my love to him um is there some kind of is that some, I know Marilyn Manson is a very public, is that some kind of satanic thing? Is that a, or is that just sort of some kind of just abusive thing? It seems like abusive. I've never come across anything that in that, you know, in the satanic corpus or anything, but uh, yeah, she wasn't the only one though. And I think that when she testified, that was a big question is who she was talking about, right? People, mm-hmm. people intuited that it might've been Manson, but I think that was it really just kind of came out more recently, but I mean, these other, what the other four, what four of the nine women, Ashley Walter, Sarah McNeely, Ashley Morgan and Gabriella with no surn- surname kind of had similar, made similar statements. Right. Right. And once uh, said that he uh, wanted to cut her and, and make a blood pact. What is a blood pact? I don't know, but uh <laughs> I think that I think that that uh, Manson and Depp have a, like some kind of weird blood pact too. I think that it, something was going on with those two, if I remember correctly. But that seems to might have been that might have been Manson's kind of uh, sensibility or style, right? And um, this also reminded me a little bit of the Bill Cosby story in that people were talking about this. There's one YouTuber who's done excellent work, um, Ellie. Jaden, um, Irish YouTuber, has done three videos, the oldest being 10 months ago. So this story has been kind of out there and it's just being picked up now with Evan Rachel Wood confirming that she was talking about Marilyn Manson. And as soon as she named him, at first it was four women, now it's nine women. So with Bill Cosby, we saw people defending him until it began to be about like, 
you know, went up to 50 women. Now there's nine women and there's still people defending Marilyn Manson. I mean, are nine women plus, I mean, 10 women altogether, is that enough to bring him down? I mean, it seems like it's a lot. I don't know how he's going to get away with this. And it's clearly people are running for cover because he was dropped from his talent agency and his publicist dropped him. So uh, I think it might be enough to do him in. And I heard that there was actually a like uh, somebody called in. They were afraid about him and the police were sent to his place in Hollywood uh, for like a security check or a check in or something like that. So, you know, things are definitely happening because I saw that here on the uh, on LA news is that, you know, the police were called to his residence and after the, William Major's statement. You know, the similarity of experience of all the, I would say, alleged victims of Manston are, uh, one of the things they talked about is that he would in, insist that they stay awake for days on, on time, get, you know, plying them with drugs. And at the end of this, when they'd been awake, uh, and high for days, then he would like to film them and he'd call it art and in these kind of, I don't know what you would call it, abuse scenarios with them, really horrific scenarios. Um, and I guess my question is, is this someone well-versed in mind control? I think so. I, yeah. Um, I, it seems like it. They, uh, it seems like he was definitely using those techniques. And I know you know, his association with Anton LaVey is there. Like, I think he's a member of the Church of Satan. And that was one of the things when people were in LaVey's residence. And one thing I wrote about him, I think in my book, uh, Children of the Beast, is that they have books and books on on um, mind control. Mind ma- and even Eccles, who we've talked about many times, has a book called Mind Magic. Nobody I know has read it. But uh, it's definitely one of the things that... The, uh, Manson and these other guys seem to be involved with or interested in for sure. And uh, this is just, this is really one of the sadder, sadder um, stories just because he got away with it for so long. And, you know, the first time I saw Marilyn Manson um, really change directions in career or sort of get the public's respect was when he was in bowling for Columbine right. and Michael Moore. Do you remember that interview mm-hmm. interview? Yes. And he said, I wouldn't, you know, I get, it's such an interesting interview to look at in retrospect. He goes, I get criticized because I sing a few songs and, and you know, that is the biggest minimization of why he was criticized. Um, <laughs> right. He was supposedly blamed for the, the, the massacre, right. Or having something right. to do that because mm-hmm. Harris and Klebold listened to his music or right. had a poster, I think of him, if I remember correctly or something like that. And he said, I wouldn't, and they said, well, what Marilyn Manson, what would you say to Harris and Klebold? He said, I wouldn't say anything. I would listen. And that's what nobody did. And he got, you know, real, I remember that interview being played over and over again. And that was the really turn of him getting some kind of, I don't know, respect for it's kind of mainstream culture for his quote unquote intellect um but now i look back on that interview and i think wow that's really yeah he is really smart but he also comes off as extremely manipulative um yeah i mean you can see that in in his actions with at least these women who have come forward right so mm -hmm. how many have not come forward how many do not want to come forward or whatever whether there's 
litigation or anything at this point? I don't know. Also, are these people coming forward because his career is on the down, the down, you know, the decline? Don't you think that they would have to feel safe or feel that, you know, the consequences wouldn't be too severe? And that's why they're coming forward now. Or, yeah, and I, I think that that's what happens with a lot of the women who've been abused is that one person steps forward, two per- people step forward, and then everybody else tells their story. It seems like that's a common, you know, the way these Me Too phenomenons with these individuals plays out. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think it takes a long time to process this kind of abuse. This is someone who's extremely manipulative. Um, one victim uh, showed a picture of her scars and said, you know, I felt at the time proud of the scars that he gave me because I was so strong that I endured them. And that reminded me of the Nexium woman. So I think some of it's the time that it takes processing this. And also, I think that had, I think the, because he's less popular, it's a less scary thing to step forward. And also times have changed. Uh, it's a safer environment just in our society and the understanding of this kind of abuse is is getting deeper and deeper Um, yeah no i totally agree and i think people are much more receptive you know cosby was going on for years and years or even ranieri a lot of ways and it's interesting you brought up next name because i thought of that as well about his about manson's treatment of women reminded me of keith ranieri but uh yeah, I mean, it looks, It sounds like people are much more interested. They see the the trauma and the damage that people like Manson seem to have or allegedly have, you know, wreaked havoc on all these people's lives. So I think that people recognize that these are these are serious, uh, serious incidences. Yeah. And I just wanted to read um, Marilyn Manson's response. Hold on one second. I'm sorry, can I edit? Do you want to do uh, read the original post of Evan Rachel Wood? You want me to read that? Sure. So the And you can find whatever you look for. The name of my abuser is Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. He started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I am here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with the many victims who will no longer be silent. So that's what that's what she wrote on Instagram. And I think that their relation started when she was 19 and he was 37. Okay, so here is... 2007, sorry. Yeah, and I'm going to also post the link to her testimony okay. um, in 2018. Um, it's going to be in the description of this video. And I encourage everyone to, to listen to it. It's um, pretty powerful stuff. So this is what, how Marilyn Manson responded. Obviously my life and my art have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That is the truth, quote. Is that a denial? I think so. I think that he was just saying that all these women are consensual, but I wouldn't say if they're saying he's raping them, that's not consensual. That's one girl, Gabrielle said rape. And I don't know specifically what the details of his full abuse of wood was, but. um, Evan Rachel Wood said he raped, he, he drugged her 
and raped what he thought was her unconscious body. So I guess it's a denial. It's not a very strong denial because it's a, dis- a horrible distortion of reality. Well, how would, how is it distorted exactly? Right. <laughs> you know, is it going to be worse? Could right. Well, what yeah. Saying? What are the other statements? I mean, have you been able to find statements of some of the other women other than the ones that have written? Like the, the, the article I see is from, you know, a couple of days ago. I don't know what these newer statements have said, but I think that, uh, he he might actually be. Uh, they have a new prosecutor here in L.A. He might actually get into uh, criminal trouble. Well, you know, and I hope that he goes. I hope this goes to trial because I, I'd really like to to quiet down the people who say, you know, well, guilty. You know, he's being proved guilty before he can defend himself. You know. I hope it gets aired out in court and I it hope might. that he, it and he gets all the time and whatever to defend himself, but this does not look good. And one of the things that doesn't look good is the similarity of experience. And one of the things the victims talks about, many of the victims talk about is Manson locking them away in what he called the ballet room and for days on a time. And wow. he admits to, to doing that too. So he said <laughs> twice you talked about that, about locking women in the room and um, being annoyed. He says, if, um, he says I, do, I don't like staying in bed too late. This is a day in the life of Marilyn Manson. So I'm usually up by three in the afternoon. If I lock my girlfriend in the naughty room the night before, I have to remember to let her out or she gets mad at me. That's his own words. All right. So she has a ballet room. Didn't he say he had a rape room too? Right. He He referred to the room as, I don't know if that's the same room. Other people talked about a a cellar. Um, So I I don't know. And the other thing is his history of, of violence. And he talks in his memoir about beating up his own mother. Wow. And and he says, well, I inherited my father's temper and I watched my, he said, my mother still has the scar from where I threw a perfume bottle at her. And I watched her after I spit on her, choked her and beat her up. I watched her sob. She never retaliated. I watched her sob and I never felt sorry for her. Hmm. What? Uh, that's, hmm. I mean, is that, that sounds like a sociopath. Yeah, and that's he's not he's choosing to tell this in his own memoir. Yeah, according to Phoebe Bridgers, Marilyn Manson owned a rape room. So, I went to Marilyn Manson's house when I was a teenager with some friends. I was a big fan. He referred to a room in his house as a rape room. I thought he had a horrible frat boy sense of humor. I stopped being a fan. I stand with everybody who came forward. She said. And so Marilyn Manson was one of the you know most most public supporters of the West Memphis Three. Yes. And I thought it was interesting that his defense also mirrored a little bit of the West Memphis Three defense. Like, I wore black t-shirts. I know I wear black t-shirts, but don't rush judgment. I mean, he's saying his life Uh, and his music are controversial, but, you know, he's really a different kind of guy. Yeah, but they dodge it, right? They never address specific facts. Right. So very much the West Memphis three approach. 
Yeah, so they were together. I think it was for people who don't know. I think uh, Marilyn Manson was a, a supporter, and then they were together in what 2014 for the Golden Gods Award. I think Eccles introduced Manson while he was playing, if I remember correctly. So, and there's pictures of them together. Lots of pictures, lots of you know the pictures of Manson with Depp. So the circle definitely, uh, you know, they're they're in the same orbit, so to speak. Depp, Manson, and, and Eccles. So when we talk about two different kinds of supporters of the West Memphis Three, I think there's some supporters who watch the documentaries and really feel that that's what happened and that they're innocent. And I think there's this other element who, what you would call fellow travelers, who, and I would put Manson in that category. And I would think that I'm not so sure I believe he really thinks that they're innocent. I think that he really relates to Eccles as a fellow occultist and advocated for them on that reason. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I do definitely agree that you can put the the supporters into those two groups, a core group of, of fellow travelers and then other people who have bought the propaganda, but, uh, or the PR. But yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, Marilyn Manson definitely knows a lot about Crowley, just like Eccles. He referenced Crowley, Abby of Thelema in one of his songs. He talks about the age of Horus, like Crowley, New Age, and has kind of the same outlook, it seems, and ideology as a lot of these occultists do. So uh, it's not surprising that he was a West Memphis Three supporter. And, and also, there's also the element of um, pedophilia that comes up in this. So Evan Rachel Wood says that she met um, and started having a relationship with Marilyn Manson when she was underage, but how, how underage, we don't really know. He dressed, he put her in Lolita glasses and really played up that element of, you know, the Nabokov book. Right. But she's, she specifically, right. She specifically used that term groomed, right? So Mm -hmm. that's like the term that's used when pedophiles are, you know, guiding people towards whatever, but yeah. So she said she was groomed. I don't know. I'd like to know the exact date when they started communicating. And there was another, I mean, there's been also other um, people, people who've come forward on Instagram. It's a little odd kind of platform. It's an odd platform to really check things out, but saying that he used one person, one woman came forward and said, I met him on the platform Keek, K-I-K, I don't know. Kick, yeah, Kick. Kick, okay. A lot of of, uh, teenagers were using it. And that he really pursued her and was sending her pornography and pretended that he didn't mean to send it to her. So um, he also, there's also another fan who said, oh, I met him when I was underage. And he said, come back when you're 18 and you're really cute and was very, you know, overtly sexual with her and inappropriate with her. So um, there's also this interview in Rolling Stone where he talks about his friendship with Johnny Depp. And I just like to quote it. He says, we like to consider ourselves 12th graders, the guys with more experience than ninth graders, the ones that girls want to F. I mean, time and age are really irrelevant to me. Johnny is the same way. 
sometimes I think I'm trapped in that age that I started this. I'm trapped at 23 or 14, of course, depending on the company. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, have you heard that it's the story's kind of developed because she is now claiming that Manson's going to leak pictures of her? Have you heard that? I heard his wife with the help of his wife now. All right. So there's like a conspiracy. So she pre-put out one of these pictures, I think, that ha- she he had... It seems like from what I looked at, he made drew some kind of Hitler mustache on her. And uh, so there's this is still unra- unraveling. But I think that she wrote this is um, from her Instagram on December 19th. I had to file a police report after I was alerted to threats made by Leslie Lane and Lindsay Usich official, Brian's wife, for conspiring to release photos of me when I was underage after being given large amounts of drugs and alcohol after Brian performed on Halloween in Las Vegas to, quote, ruin my career, unquote, and shut me up. The conversation, which took place on the Discord channel, read as such. So, so I mean, yeah. so what, what I'm reading is that they met at 19, but what she's saying is there's a lot more to that story, that they did not just meet when or start dating when she was 19, which might be the case, but it seems like uh, their relationship started when she was younger. Do you... Do you get that sense? I get that sense too. And that's been hinted at. And I know that she went on his tour bus and told her mother that I'm going to see the world um, and sort of I'm going on a big adventure. So when did that happen? I don't know. Um, Hard hard to know. And um, does this remind you uh, a little bit of some of the stuff, the he also admits to calling her 158 times after they broke up and threatening to kill himself. Does that remind you of the Johnny Depp stuff? I mean, it certainly does. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. But also the threats. I think he said something like, what did he say? I'm going to, I have fantasies every day about smashing her skull in with a sledgehammer after they broke up or something. He told an interview in 2009. So very much uh, similar to what was in those Depp, those Depp, the Depp lawsuit, yeah. Well, she was inspiration for the song I Want to Kill You like they do in the movies. I mean, when <laughs> it wanted to be the inspiration for that song. And when he was being interviewed about it, he says, yes, I just have fantasies of, you know, um, you know, smashing her head in with a sledgehammer. That's a paraphrase, but pretty close to the original quote. Um, it, it's just... I mean, he gave, he was not shy about any of this. This is stuff has been around for years. And I guess it was his cover, his sort of dark image. Was his cover that? Oh, I think so. Yeah, blew it off and was like, oh, that's just part of his image. He can't really be doing any of this. Well, that might be the case, but it sure seems like that there's a pattern there. And uh, I mean, he has, I think he has lawsuits with like most of his band members like former band members that were in Marilyn Manson. Have you heard of like his lawsuits and squabbling with them? And there's a video of uh, Marilyn Manson throwing a mic stand at and knocking out his drummer. You ever seen those, those statements or things like that? Like I gotta find those lawsuits. Like it seems like he was in law in litigation with a lot of people. I bet. And you know, there's been two, I know the editor at spin in 1998 sued him. I, and I know Manson countersued. I, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't follow where that ended um, for having his bodyguards 
Manson apparently told the spin editor, I can have you and your whole family killed. He also uh, pled no contest to a misdemeanor and paid $4,000 for um, assaulting and putting his genitals on a bouncer or a security card. So, you know, he's, he's crossed the line into this kind of behavior before, but I think there's something to having this kind of image that kind of protects you. So if you're not expected to act correctly, it seems like you can get away with a lot. No, I think you're right. I think that's a good point. But how, I mean, what kind of, it's just like Cosby, how many other people are coming forward? Now it's at 10. I read a new article that said there's 10 accusations. And here's, do you, have you heard of Amber Heard's weighing in on this whole situation? No. Yeah. So she, she had a tweet. So this is her, she says, and yet no, this is from February 4th, real Amber Heard. Yeah. And yet no one sees the trend here. Everyone wants to tag a bathroom wall. No one wants to understand the writing. Evan and I are the first to raise our hands. Are you done ignoring it? The Marilyn Manson reckoning, 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 sorry. But yeah, so she's definitely watching this as well. I mean, she has to know that Depp is friends with Manson too. So That's really interesting. And um, Dita Von Teese, who was married to Marilyn Manson, has come forward and said, well, this wasn't my experience being married to him. But um, she wishes well and healing to all the survivors of, of him. Do you believe that? that she didn't experience any of this well i mean that's what she said but uh i mean if his pattern of with women is what all these women say there might be another story to that so i wouldn't know i don't have any evidence to that but do you believe her i don't i don't believe her i mean she may have left before their marriage was very short before she saw some of the extremes of this behavior but there was just one little clue at the end of her statement where she said, I hope that the survivors become self-realized or so, something like that. Meaning that I didn't get abused because I'm fully self-realized. There's some mm-hmm. kind of ego where I'm not going to be uh, a victim. I, I won't claim victimhood, even if I really was victimized because I, I can't that's not part of my makeup. I'm self-realized. I'm strong and self-realized. I think we're at the end of that statement. And that's what clued me into it. She also left and she pulled her pets from the house and she left in a day. That doesn't mean that's not everything to it. But I think that if you have a pattern of doing this, yes, they don't do it. I don't think they do the exact same things to every, everybody doesn't get all of the things on the menu with these abusers. I don't mean to minimize minimize it putting it that way but i'm sure she 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 was subjected to some really awful behavior i don't see how he couldn't well she only beating up his own mother i mean yeah they were only married for a year right so it's almost like the the amber heard pattern (laughs) they were together got married lasted a year that was it so yeah yeah i mean um just to confirm manson is the godfather of depp's daughter Okay. I don't know. They're they're really tight and they're both West Memphis three supporters. And I bring that up just to say, 
<laughs> they had a lot of power as sort of at the time they were really at the height of their career or, or close to it when they I were would say so in the West Memphis absolutely three. yes I think Maybe Depp was still to... on uh, doing the Pirates of the Caribbean right I think he made tons of money off of that right and you have to consider if you're going to come out and publicly support the innocence of three people who two juries convicted you have somewhere in the back of your mind i don't care how uh shallow your knowledge of the case is you have to consider that you might be wrong and they might be guilty and you might be supporting child killers three child killers right i would think so especially especially if you're paying his legal fees because those documents i've seen some of those documents where the lawyers for Eccles, the i can't remember reardon is you know saying oh i'll talk to johnny and have him send and look at some of those bills twenty five thousand dollars a month they were not paid by Eccles, so they weren't just supporters they were financial backers uh mm-hmm. or at least Depp was that's on the record and another thing that hasn't been brought up is is the kind of culture of yes men around these of both johnny depp and marilyn manson right like I think that that our last interview when we talked about Depp and all that stuff and his his penthouses, but so many hangers on, so many of these people were staying in other apartments. Her sister, right, wasn't she there? So they definitely had a you know retinue of hangers on. I heard Depp's you know payouts per month they had to cut those back, but he was paying tons of people money. Yeah, and then also right after we finished that episode. Um, excuse me, the Hollywood Reporter came out with a cover story on Depp. Wasn't wasn't that afterwards? Or was that I don't remember. It must have been after because I, I don't remember talking. I thought about it was it. afterwards. And it said it's the quote is he's radioactive. You know, the how Johnny Depp's self, I think, self-made implosion, you know, the history of Johnny Depp's self-made implosion. And that he talks about him not learning his lines anymore, using an earpiece, making right. the guy who has who handled his earpieces head of his production company i mean what to, so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre and wild and um if anything that just i think solidified everything that's in that judge's decision about the, the chaotic nature of his life and everybody's just saying yes and there's endless money and um uh, it's why drugs yeah and drugs yes and that's a a element here too so you hear abstinent um another victim talked about um marilyn manson talking about a drug that he has to drug women so they can't complain during sex um and that he leaves no trace of himself so he seems very conscious of the law um and he, he said in interviews, depending on the statute of limitations, whether I'll tell that story or not. So he, he is con- conscious of not wanting to get get in trouble and what then conscious of what he's doing is wrong, too. Yeah, fast. I mean, yeah, he's 52. And how long when did he get started when he was in his teens? So he's been operating for decades. Right. And um some of the detractors have said that these women should have known just looking at Marilyn Manson that he was this abusive just by his public image. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, that's the whole thing is how real is the image, right? I think it's kind of going back to uh, your earlier questions is how much of that 
is he in real life? And it sure seems like he knows a lot about the occult. That's for sure. So I would think that maybe uh, some of these women didn't, I mean, in a lot of relationships, they don't know what they're getting into the totality of what they're getting in, involved in. So I mean, um, as dark as his public image goes, I don't think he's, uh, you know, I don't think that's for um, consent being locked in a room for three days or being hung up by your feet, uh, right. bound by your feet and hands. And the other um, thing that Marilyn Manson supporters have said is this is just BDSM. This is the same Nexium <laughs> defense right. that was given to Keith Ranieri when the branding story first came out. That this is just consensual uh, BDSM relationship. Yeah, that doesn't sound like consensual at all. Some of the things these women endured. So that's uh, that's not really that great of a public excuse. Not at all. And I have major problems with BDSM and. Um, as far as um, a practice so uh, you know i'm the last person to say that this is bdsm and the fact that it can be used both in the nexium and this story as a defense should give everybody the first clue that there's something really yes um, that's a great point wrong with it yes that's a great point so he also just gave an interview to um, a metal magazine and he won't answer any questions. He calls these allegations rumors. They're just rumors. I just want to talk about my music. I mean, and he ends up hanging up on this journalist. And then his publicist calls back and says, well, if you want any relationship with Marilyn Manson, then you have to X this interview. Never publish it. Forget wow. about it. And the instead this metal magazine went on to print everything that the publicist said so is this a clue as to how he got away with it for so long yeah intimidation you know trying to play games i think they're experienced pr people surrounding these guys not just manson so that might be one of it one element was it was it the interview with metal hammer is that right yep Mm -hmm. yep so yep. yeah that that's it i so, i don't know i mean <laughs> what what is to be said about this how many um okay so we've had johnny depp we've had marilyn manson um how many other um west memphis three supporters have taken this kind of dive or been canceled Oh, that's a good if question. you want to put it, if you want to call this being canceled, I think that's kind of an understatement. Of what this is, yeah, I uh, I don't know who's next on who's next on the list. I mean, I, I maybe you got uh, Natalie Maines. Yeah, Natalie uh, Maines, Margaret Cho. Uh, who else? Uh, Henry Rollins, right? Henry Rollins. Uh, who's the what's the director who supported him? It's uh, what's the guy who did the Lord of the Rings? Peter Jackson. I, Peter Jackson still seems to have somewhat of a career. Yeah, still um, functioning. So I mean, there's still some West Memphis. Genesis Peorage, I mean, right? Just died. So just he he went. He, he got the he ultimate w- cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> he did, and uh, but it's just interesting to watch because at the time they really had weight and power, like oh well, Johnny Depp is getting behind them. He wouldn't ruin his good name. 
uh, uh, by supporting three child killers, right? I mean, that, that was the implication. I mean, he went on 2020 and gave a full interview uh, to Aaron Mirardi. I always pronounce right. her name wrong, but you know what I mean. Her. Yeah. I know. I know who's, and she didn't ask any good questions, right? No, she is basically yeah. just the go-to journalist if you want a, if you want an innocence piece. And right. she's been shouted out by Lonnie Surrey on Twitter as great work oh. once again. So I oh. think there's really um, a, a very tight knit relationship between her and the wrongful conviction movement. Interesting. I think you mentioned that before in a former interview, too, that she's really uh, just a doormat, you know, for these people. Yeah. I, I mean, any relationship with Lonnie Sori should tell you a little bit about everything. I mean, who who knows what others, what other, do you know, know offhand who else she's kind of log world for? Oh, uh, Ryan Ferguson. I think she oh, did the wow. Ryan Ferguson piece. Um, and that's... Um, Kathleen Zellner's client who got out on a technicality, his co-murderer is still in prison. And, uh, he, and then she, she went to every court um, and until she got one judge to accept her, her argument about this technicality and got him out and then paraded Ryan Ferguson around like he was innocent. That was one of the more shocking um, pieces of reading I did. Because I, I, re I really hoped, you know, I really hope every time I look into any of these cases that this is, a, I don't want them to be a case of innocence fraud. Right. I really do hope right. I'll find a miscarriage of justice. But um, his co-murderer is still in prison and they can't get him out. So what does that tell you? And they did the crime together. Right. And he got out on a technicality. The police department had to make you know, this is going to get, uh, you know, I took a little break, William Ramsey, but I, you know, this is going to get way worse this year and beyond with innocence Probably. fraud yeah. and the business of suing people, suing the state of these, for these wrongful convictions and the, the amount of money that right. it's going to generate is going to just get, get it. I don't know if, it, if there's ever going to be an end to it, but I think we're really, I thought we were slowing down a bit, but it looks like we're just amping up. Just ramping it up. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're probably right. I bet there's going to be more cases or more fighting against the, the legal system and its conclusions and its guilty verdicts. I'm watching this whole thing with Depp and Manson in this video called Satan. S-A-Y-T or one zero. Pronounced Satan there. All It's gross. It looks like it's actually... Kind of uh, abusive towards females. Knife chasing a woman in underwear. It's bad. Is there, is there, what's the connection between this kind of abuse and Satanism? Is is a do what thou will and that whole philosophy? I think so. But if you look at like Crowley, you, you can't tell how deep these guys have absorbed the kind of uh, views of Crowley. But his view of women were like they were energy stores to be used and drained and left and then move on so it's almost like this those females were the you know he called them scarlet women but like if you literally brand them with the what he called the mark of the beast which was kind of this conjunction of different lunar or planetary signs but if you look at crowley's behavior towards women um you can just see his operating was just to like try to suck the knowledge out when it's when that current or that energy or magical energy is done onto the next one 
So you just see him bouncing. What did he have? Class? I mean, I think at the, the office of Scarlet Women, what he called, he had like 12 at least, and then other tons of other fe- you know, women, just prostitutes and stuff like that. I and mean, that's not even including the men. But uh, I think that attitude, it almost seems like that Crowley's attitude seems very similar to Manson's attitude. You know, you just try to work them up, get some kind of so-called or creative creative magical like there is such a thing as a magical life force out of them and you know keith ranieri was read crowley very interested in crowley and he did exactly that with women he sucked all their creative energies out used them um and starved them branded them same thing so our i guess my question is is it which like chicken or the egg kind of question do abusive people come to crowley and get permission to be abusive or is it okay i think that that's it i think that that's like if you're really a do your do what thou wilt you're a god and you can act like one there's no god but man i think that that's then it's like where am i getting my creative energy from that's what crowley's promising and then he gives you these techniques and, and religious things using scarlet women or whatever and you, that's how you get this energy like crowley himself is output pretty remarkable that he could put out that much writing without ever you know really checking his stuff so there might be some validity and if, if somebody's interested in the occult maybe they want to find out if that's valid if what crowley's doing is valid so um, what do you mean that someone else wrote his work is that what you mean well i mean if somebody reads crowley and says like okay this is this is this guy's showing me this process where I can obtain energy and creative energy using Scarlet Women, then they're maybe they're doing it as well, right? Renary's mm-hmm. doing it or Manson. I don't have any proof of that. That's pure speculation, but I'm just saying that using Crowley as like an example, then you can see kind of how some of these other people treat groupies and treat women. I mean, the abuse of groupies and hard rock is is always i mean it's legendary right it's always there so there might be other stories tons of other stories that don't really involve like a interpersonal relationship or something like that just people they've met in some strange environment you know san antonio new york just on the way through so i i don't know but i think that crowley definitely is added you can kind of see that similarity between manson and crowley and their attitude towards women do you, I guess, do you believe that Crowley's uh, technique works? Well, that's a good question. Some people who've used that t- technique says it works. Like there's people who, who've done his rituals and stuff and say, hey, I got results. Jimmy Page is one, for example, who, you know, probably one of the most popular rock bands ever said, yeah, I, I, I tried it and it worked. So yeah. I think other people are if they're curious if they're adventurers or like that or occultists and a lot of his you know i never really focused on his magical rituals or get into magic and theory practice or i really didn't focus on that aspect of his life but that's what other people are looking at they don't care about his history or uh, things that have been expurgated expurgated from his biography they really just want what he was promising through his magic right through practices of different types of rituals and think gnostic mass and all those things to get what they want get worldly power money i mean you see i mean i know hubbard was very interested in crowley so um 
is is it like being a god having master what Scientology promises mastery over energy, time, matter, and space? Yeah, mess, matter, energy, yeah. space, time. That's what they Thank call you. it. Thank you. <laughs> right, right. So is that it, to be a god? Yeah. essentially right yes i think so i think that that may be the original promise of like what happened in the garden of eden is you shall be as gods so it's that same temptation cruelly reflected that in his corpus and you can see all these other people who manifest that in their lives they think of themselves as all their own independent energy you know independent person beyond good and evil so to speak they can do what they want and uh you know it's a very dangerous ideology you kind of it's like the opposite of you know caring about your neighbor or something like that it's just like you're just looking their relationships are totally skewed like really he had like these girlfriends he was done with her punched her the another one he left for prostitution in in france another one he put in a mental institution so once he was done with them he was done and someone who's uh, skeptical of you know pretty much everything little bit um i'm really been meditating on on how how evil people always have a bunch of minions they do yeah. very little like if you look at damien eccles like he does very little arguing about his about his about his case and his innocence he has a million people to do it for him right yeah. yes and um ditto you know any of these other murderers with an innocence campaign they'll always find it just has seems like it has an energy of its own it really does i mean it almost is kind of like their their you know the slave shall serve mentality so you're at the center you've got your minions you have them doing things and that's the way that you like it you know it's it's kind of like a feudalistic uh, uh social organization to a certain extent and uh yeah i think depp had that eccles definitely crowley definitely uh, so you know you can and you can look at some of the more evil people in history too they always have these like willing minions who do their their bidding for them what's the message of the marilyn manson evan rachel wood and all the other um survivors victim survivors what is what is the message what is the the through line in this story be careful be careful who you are associated with and uh i mean i think that the, telling these stories is very helpful for women and authority so that they know that this is happening but i think a lot of this stuff was not published before so um you know to her benefit for wood coming forward and, and telling these stories gives other women the opportunity to come forward and then also warns other people like you gotta really be careful especially some of these guys who are into occultism you gotta there's a lot of toxic interpersonal relationships are kind of like the standard for occultists so um you gotta really be careful yeah i think that another um through line through this is just i think one of the hashtags um some of the survivors are using is i'm not okay and uh, I'm really struck by, you know, sitting through, it just reminded me of sitting through Keith Ranieri's sentencing and listening to all, I mean, the damage done does not get healed easily. I'm not saying ever, I'm just saying easily. And we just tend to forget the victims in our society. And like, it was, especially in something like the West Memphis Three uh, case, 
like it's nothing like every okay three little eight-year-old boys are dead and oh their families will just get over it it's it's done the real injustice is the is the three even, even say it was that they were falsely um convicted say just for argument's sake which they weren't but (laughs) you know there's still three dead eight-year-old children in this that's the tragedy and and you can't undo these things right look at epstein look at epstein look at epstein and all the women that he abused and his whole crew abused and and the was a crime victim rights act right that was one of the big issues is that these women never really got to come forward and tell their stories until the whole story broke what in 2018 until but, after he was after he was dead they could right, even more so, yeah. to a they could tell their story that's right. quite different than going into a courtroom and telling and looking into the eyes of uh your right. abuser abuser they were denied that right by him mm-hmm. dying or whatever happened to him but uh no, but I think that's a it's a consistent theme is like this abuse and the cover up. So I would assume these abusers always wanted to cover up. And even Scientology, you can look at the cycle of abuse there. They never the people who are ex-Scientologists, they never get over it. It almost is like a dominant aspect of their whole life was their time in that group. And uh yeah, so I think it's really about the victims and about their stories and listening to those stories and uh, hopefully the, the malefactors get some form of, uh, you know, some type of punishment, some type of recompense. So I, I heard that you are just like tearing it up on your podcast, producing an amazing amount of episodes. So awesome. what's, what's coming up? What's coming up on your podcast? Well, that's a good question. I will be talking to Peter Vronsky, who was on, um, he's coming out with a new book. American Serial Killers, The Epidemic Years, but he was just on the Netflix four-part documentary about Richard Rodriguez, so it'll be interesting to talk to him, and I've got a couple of good, good shows coming up, oh, that's including this one, and this one, yeah, so Vronsky will be really interesting, and uh, I got deplatformed from YouTube, so I, I that was my next was question coming. to ask you about, so this is a question where People are saying that Marilyn Manson got canceled. He got canceled unfairly and, you know, he lost his record company, his agent, blah, blah, blah. You have been removed for YouTube. What was your crime? Uh, I I had videos from four years ago <laughs> that were pertaining to things around kind of Pizzagate-ish, but they were, they somebody went through and found all those and, uh, yeah, that led. Let me see if I can find my strikes. I'm trying to see if uh, this was. Yeah, let's see. Presidential integrity was, I think, one of the things where I kept saying the. The, I think that really what got me in trouble is really I was saying that the, the election was rigged. But um, I'm trying to find where. I think one was I had one about, James Alephantis and the statue of Antonus, which was his symbol that was considered bullying or harassment from four years ago. So that was one. And then I also had Katy Perry and like pedophile symbols in one of her videos. And then also got me a strike. I can't remember what my first strike was, but. This is interesting, you know, and just. (laughs) Those are from four years ago, Roberta. Those are like pre 2016 election. But also there's also this new, um, thing where people can't say sexual abuse out loud child abuse out loud they're putting sort of like a little silence 
so they don't get demonetized in their videos about subject matters like this. I mean, yeah, it's I feel a shame. like we're going two ways at the same time, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the most Victims potent are thing- sort of being pushed forward, but you can't say sexual abuse. You can't say child abuse. You can't say those things if you want to make money on your video. You can't have a different opinion on Twitter. You can't have a different opinion than the norm on YouTube. Um, this whole idea of hate speech yeah, it's, it's very subjective, dangerous, it's very right. subjective. And it's very like, for me, I was just looking at things objectively. I was not trying to bully anybody. So it's really somebody's saying subjective. And also it's the fact that if they don't like on some other issue, they can just make something up extemporaneously and claim that you're bullying somebody and then get rid of you. So that's why I deleted my Facebook and Twitter accounts. So I'm done with that. I will never be back on those websites because I don't, I don't want to be acclimatized. I don't want to be trained to just take it because freedom of speech is so important even bad bad speech even nazi speech even awful stuff you want people to talk for even if it hurts your feelings you i love when people tell me their ugly viewpoints (laughs) i'm like great keep talking so (laughs) the whole idea against free speech somebody's hiding something it's not even it's about it's because they don't want certain speech about them is my opinion about why they want to end free speech is a lot of these people. I mean, even Zuckerberg exposed himself. I think he put $400 million into the campaign against to have all kinds of polling uh, booths and stuff like that, or places where you could send your ballot. He, he's, he financed a lot of that against, uh, against the vote. I mean, so I think that there's an issue for him too, but um, yeah. So I, I think that the censorship is really pernicious and and it's surprising that so many people in our society are willing to have it you should love free speech it's one thing that sets the country apart is allowed to speak truth to power speak truth to people with money and uh if that goes away it's it's a it'll be it's a terrible it's already going away but uh be terrible for the whole country and for and for society in general just awful imagine if you couldn't tell this story about marilyn manson Right? The debate also the debate, which makes right. you smarter absolutely i mean, we I, mean don't I have people hear. on my pop, podcast i don't fully agree with them, all their stuff but at least their perspective i value them teaching me why they think they think if they're honest about it so i think that that's like the, the necessity is to have the open marketplace of ideas and talk about things and expose things and learn and so yeah this whole chilling of free speech is it terrible turn for the country and people it's, who who want to curtail free speech should be embarrassed it's 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 a, it's a really scary scary time and this is a very slippery slope you may agree with someone being you know whatever uh deplatformed or censored or whatever i'm not talking about marilyn manson <laughs> but um for their opinions uh because they offend you but boy does that is that a slippery slope so yeah no it's it's like uh those people they're already starting to end up inside the the mouth of the tiger that they let loose so some of these people if they don't have the the necessary necessary politically correct position are also on the left getting chewed up and spit out so people oh yeah so that's the the problem it's like oh it's not gonna be me well eventually they'll come for you exactly so. exactly and in this yeah and you just need scary. people need to grow up i think it's part of the kind of uh 
thin-skinned culture of easily offended people and it, it's just a mistake like if you don't agree with that you don't have to listen to it but you should protect their right to speak well, and i mean even you... back in the day the aclu was very courageous they actually supported like nazi marches i remember which is, that which is not the case anymore yeah. so that's gone but i mean they literally supported horrible awful people to express their opinions and in a lot of ways it brings how awful they are to light like a lot of these nazis like back in rockwell or whatever um awful atrocious atrocious people but they should still you should be looking at that you can't get away from the pains of history and things that happened in the past you have to look at it and let people talk about it I actually lived for a minute I lived on the same block where Rockwell got shot in Arlington Virginia so it was kind of like a funny thing to walk well darkly amusing thing to walk by where one of his own like uh, Nazi cronies shot him so well I remember because the uh Pennsylvania where I grew up we had we have a big um there there was a big you know KKK yeah Yeah. so ACU would come around so they could do their little marches and stuff um so anyway yeah it's a very important and it's it's a scary time I I wonder if if we're even know if if the younger generation is even going to know how to critically think and if we're going to move also towards a legal uh our law being written so that hurt feelings are, are going to be kind of a, like the same thing as a uh, physical right <laughs> you know what i mean like we're almost hurt there feelings right yeah we're almost there you hurt my feelings you caused intentional affliction of emotional distress we're almost there <laughs> yeah i mean some of these like the intolerance too about mistakes and stupid things people say it's like they've the the consequences are very serious and like i like I always think of Roseanne doing some stupid tweet, but the consequences of her getting nixed was like 150 other people who relied upon her for jobs too. And nobody really, really considered the consequences of that as well. So um, yeah, I, I just, just, it's, it's a very strange time in our culture. I, I don't, I don't remember it ever being like this. Oh, it's, it's, it's frightening. Do you think it's going to get worse? Worse. Like, yeah. you know, worse? Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it going to get so terrible that nobody can stand it and then normalize? Or is it just going to be a one-way direction to to Orwellian nightmare, yeah. Bill? Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope not. But the way things are going, it seems like it's still going. And people, the rhetoric is very irresponsible. Like, I mean, you can see AOC just sociopathically lying about her being assaulted by these people which is it's total and she cried on cue man like the fake cry too of aoc was incredible like and it was just complete fabrication it was totally like the whole thing that she was being injured or unsafe was just nonsense and so people are still doing that like there's no because she knows there's no real consequence for her so as long as she's allowed to get away with stuff like that and other people are making up stories or um, calling people domestic terrorists and things like that just for voicing opinions it's not a good place to be not at all this is a good place to leave it William Ramsey thank you so much all right thanks nice talking to you you still there yeah oh I could talk about AOC all day oh my god how yeah. is 